Five. Why would you say five? Wait, I said five, didn't I? <laughs> Four. Three. Two. One. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to Bonus Barrel. Saging. Here we are. All of us together. Were we all together last week too? I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, we were probably. until the end when it was just you. Oh, uh, right. This week we might be a full episode together. <laughs> so I want to start things off with our, our, our segment, of course, is what's on y'all's mind. Uh, I'm going to start. Oh, and I'm on video today with my friends, so this will actually be uh, relevant. I got a sweet new book called. Eh, one second. It's this book. This book Ooh, for, for the listeners is. Uh, Super Famicom, the box art collection, uh, and it's just a, a book that basically goes through a shit ton of uh, box art and has a, a writing about them. It's you the best. It's the coolest thing. Over, yeah, I do. It's because I have uh, <laughs> my headset. Anyways, so you just go through and it just it's just full of uh, cover art of various games and a little write up about each of them. It's friggin' awesome. I love it. And awesome. It has like a cool matte cover. It's super affordable. It's like thirty bucks on Amazon. So I recommend people who like art and or video games or yeah, either, either or both to check it out. I'm shilling out for the company. I don't know who makes it. But anyways, I recommend it. It's friggin' the bee's knees. The bee's knees. All right. That was my first excited thing uh, from this week. I have more. I always have more. But what about you guys? Anything new and exciting? I choose Shelby. Yeah. Fine. No. I chose Shelby <laughs> left. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I have two things. Oh, all right. One left, is that we watched. No. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! Um, one thing is that we watched a really cool uh, Japanese horror movie yesterday. We sure did. Uh, yeah, no, no uh, it's called The Curse, or what is it, Rob? The, no, anyway. really, The Curse. It stars Kagutaba. Kagutaba. <laughs> <laughs> the demon in it, his name is Kagutaba. The movie's found footage, and this was made back in 2004, before that was kind of the big thing, but it's done really well. It's like interspliced with like Japanese like uh, news shows and variety shows and stuff, and it's all put together to make one story. It kind of falls around this one guy who's like trying to figure out the events of like missing people or something along those lines. It's really cool. Not Thanks, Shelby. It was enjoyable. <laughs> you, you, yeah. you did a great job talking about it. Certainly wasn't me who just went in and stole everything. My bad. <laughs> All good. <laughs> you guys just got me thinking about something. Um, I know it's no, not think really. We're getting a little off topic here, but so do you guys? Have you guys watched much? Like, are you guys like Bruce Campbell fans? Like, you guys watch Evil Dead, Rob? That's weird. Um, I know. Do you guys ever <laughs> see any Bruce Campbell movies? Uh, he was in Spider Man. Right? He was he in Spider-Man. Yeah, he was in yeah, so yeah. all three of them. He was in all yeah, three I've of seen, them, I think. <laughs> I've seen Bruce Campbell um, movies then. 
Okay, there we go. Close <laughs> enough, I guess. Um, no, because it just got me thinking. Th- so he did this movie called My Name is Bruce, and he plays oh, himself, who's like a washed-up actor, and the villain is the Japanese demon of bean curds. Um, it's just it's really funny, and it just kind of got me thinking of that. Yeah, if you guys want to watch a really curds. silly movie, yeah, I would definitely check it out. My Name is Bruce. Well, then. It's left, though. Interesting. What? I said it's left, though, and then I said, ah. It was a, a, a funny joke because you said your name is Bruce. <laughs> oh, God. Hey, Seiji, really reaching. No, no game news for you, Seiji? Nothing new in Seiji life? No, just something that is in my mind is uh, yesterday I had a little interaction with Mighty Q-Doc from Oh, really? Club. There we go. Yeah, he's on Twitter. Um, he, he was having a conversation about something unrelated with uh, P2. And then mm-hmm. he mentioned that uh, he had a dislike for pre-orders or the culture or, or, of pre-orders and stuff like that. Yeah, I've and heard people I say wasn't that. really aware that there's a culture of pre-orders or there's or you're supposed to dislike or or like pre-orders. I, uh, because I engage with pre-orders like a lot, right? Ever since the the Amiibo era. So <laughs> I I asked him what is it that that he disliked pre-orders so much, and I'm uh, wait guys, I'm, I I want to bring that Twitter up. Oh man, up. here we go. So this is, is a live CC counter. No, is this a mighty Q dot counter or is this CC well, counter? I oh, guess he's part of, because he's part of the community. It, the thing is that CC Weekly had a, a E3 recap, so there's really there wasn't really like a, a topic to. Well, maybe a CC counter. I think that at some point P two told. P1 that Undertale was going to have a physical release for it PlayStation and, and Vita, I, I believe. Yes. And P1 said he had no intention of, of playing Undertale. So, bad, but the only counter sad. I have is that he should, and he he would love it, right? He guys? probably would actually. I think he would. P1, he's a grumpy man, but he always seems to like the fun games. Like he likes Brothers. He's probably going to like Undertale. They're not the same game, but they have the same feeling because they have feeling. Brothers and Undertale play them both left oh man he he would absolutely love undertale okay so he, i i have the the tweet from right. Dog, and here's what he says this is mighty q dog i think it sends a bad message to publishers i'm willing to buy your product sight unseen based solely on reputation or premature information i i do not disagree nor particularly support this vision is just something that is his view and i respect it and sure. this is something that has been in my mind because i want to bring this up and ask you guys like how do you feel about pre-orders uh i'm happy to jump in because i pre-order a lot a whole lot uh like a like a obsessive amount of pre-ordering because i like well first of all amazon prime makes it cheaper so i'm, I'm incentivized into to pre-ordering uh secondly i like getting free shit with my games so that also incentivizes me I don't look at reviews anyways. I don't like to be informed by others' opinions until after I've played a game. So if I see a game and I kind of get the feeling I want to play it, then if I know I want to play it based on like gameplay or trailer that I've seen, then I'm going to buy it no matter what. Or based like what he said, reputation. A new Final Fantasy comes out, I know that I'm going to be playing that Final Fantasy. There's, I know I'm going to play a Dragon Ball game and there's nothing anyone's going to tell me that's going to stop me from trying that game because I'm a big fan of the series. So there's no point in me not pre-ordering it. I know I'm going to get it. Um, and I'm also... In, um, uh, what's the word? Um, um, fuck. It's when a person doesn't wait very long to do something. Uh, compulsive? No, no. Fuck. It's on the tip of my tongue. Uh, whatever. Maybe it's compulsive. <laughs> I don't know. Impulsive. Anyways, when, 
Yes, thank you. Impulsive. I'm very impulsive. So if I see a thing that I kind of want, I will get it. So I'm not. A, I'm not a great test subject. I'm not the like the average person who games. I guess like I have a really obsessive uh, personality, and I, and I obsessively collect games. So I like to get them immediately. I also this weird thing. If I don't buy, it's here, here's kind of a weird like look into my psyche. If I know there's a game that I kind of want to play, and it's coming out soon. I you know, I may not get the, I may not play this game for like years because of how long my big the backlog is, but I would rather buy it new because I think that I'll probably play it if I instead of buying it used, which I think will take me longer to get to it. Makes no sense, uh, but that's how I work. So I tend to buy games uh, when they're new. I got some issues, guys. I don't know. I should stop buying <laughs> games. <laughs> how about a more normal response? Oh, that'll Shelby? never happen. Yeah, I know. What'd you say? What, what, in more, I said a normal response, Shelby. How about you? What do you okay. think about pre-ordering? Um, I like pre-orders a lot. I wasn't aware, like Seiji, that there was a whole like counter thing against like people just people not them. like I don't know. I I find that very weird. It's kind of a weird thing to be against, but sure, um, you don't have to pre-order to buy a game, right? Yeah. Um. But yeah, like sometimes when you pre-order, they'll just like, hey, have this free poster. That's always yeah, exactly. Nice. I like that stuff. Um. Also, if you get a collector's edition of something and then, you know, when the game actually comes out and you buy it and you bring it home, maybe it's not everything that you dreamed it would be. If you, you know, put it up for sale or, or even, you know, found somebody else that would like it, I'm sure, you know, then it has a home then. So I don't know. Has a home. I was, I just, it's, it's weird. It's weird to me that there's a, a people who dislike pre-orders and anyway. You hear that? You hear that, Money Q Dog? She's calling you weird. She's calling you weird, bro. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I mean, like, if you, if you, um, people oftentimes have the opportunity if they see, because sometimes you get images of the, of the pre order, uh, because people will get them early and they'll unbox them. And if you find articles that detail what's in it and you decide, oh, I don't want that anymore, then you can usually cancel it. At least in my experience, you can, you can do always, that. Always, um, yeah. Pretty sure you can always cancel it. Yeah. Not forced so. to buy them. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't hurt anybody, and it's more convenient for the customer. So I think that that in itself justifies existence. Unless it's forced on you, uh, I don't mm -hmm. see why it's a problem. I mean, if anything, it, it can guarantee you, you know, sometimes games sell out. Fire Emblem goes out quite fast. I'd like to know that mm -hmm. I can just go there and pick it up or order it online and get it and not have to worry about missing out on it. That's another reason why I like pre-ordering. Mm-hmm. Give my games, bro. And then, like, let's say you go to buy the collector's edition Oh, later on that. and somebody jacks the price up because it's rare if they do that reselling that's a problem yeah uh, left. Wait, left well what i'm you, not i'm not what do you think uh, about yeah go ahead. mighty q dog mighty q dogs <laughs> sentence that it sends like a bad message to publishers do you agree with <laughs> what do you, think? Uh, you know i don't i don't think it sends a bad message to the publisher like i think i think all it does is that it you know a really important thing in 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 gaming is is the gaming hype you know uh, they they sell a lot of games through pre-orders and a lot of times especially whenever they're they're kickstarting a game and, and you just kind of fund it um you know they they base you know the popularity of the game on on the pre-orders and you know how much time and effort they're going to want to put into it so I think I think pre-orders themselves are, are probably rather important to the industry as it's it's such a standard, especially in gaming. I don't know in other things when you pre-order stuff like it just like is it like are people who really like cars? There's a new car coming out. I'm going to pre-order that car. Like, <laughs> is that is that a thing that happens? I know cars is an extreme example because there are a lot of people, money, uh, um, but 
like books. a t- television. If there's a new television coming out, are you going to pre-order the television? Yeah, you're going to pre-order a book. No, no, people um, do pre-order books. Yeah, yeah, but like it's it's one of those things. Yeah, exactly, right? So it's it's not as common in other things though, but I, I guess books probably does happen. So I think I think it's an important thing to keep going. Now I'm not I'm not a big pre-order of games. Um, I know like like Rob said, like Fire Emblem games. I know they sell out really quickly. So things like that, I'll, I'll try to pre-order. Um, and things like collector's editions, if I really want it, I'll I'll pre-order that as well. But other than that, I really don't see a need myself to do it but i think i think it's an important thing to have available because as as we have said many many times options you know options are great um and pre-ordering is just another option for you to get your game uh a couple things you said there made me think so comic books have traditionally uh always had kind of a pre-order if you uh standing order is kind of a thing that's common with the comic stores i've been to is you know uh, which has been more than just one. I've, I've moved around. Uh, usually what happens is you get certain comics set aside for you in advance. So when they come in, they're just put away for you. That's basically pre-ordering as well. And then there's yeah, also... Sort of, yeah. yeah, and then and then you mentioned the ultimate pre-order, which is Kickstarter. I wonder... I, I would like to know what uh, Q-Dog's um, stance would be on Kickstarter, actually. Feel yeah, because in a way, that's like... That's like funding your pre-order in yeah, a way. It's, it's so a it's super very... pre-order. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, by the way, we're talking about some of the positives, but I mean, does anybody want to play like devil's advocate and, and like find something that is like wrong with it? You know, I, I, it's hard to find anything wrong with it because like I don't see a problem with it. If 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 you know what you're getting yourself into, what's the big deal with you pre-ordering it? I really don't see in any way how this negatively impacts people. The perception, I believe, and I'm, I'm probably mistaken, is that basically publishers see that they can sell a bunch of stuff just on word alone. that They can afford to be a bit lazier with the game. Um, yeah or and, you know, and obviously if if we look at uh no man's sky you know that game was heavily pre-ordered and then really failed to hit a lot of its goals that it, it promised so there there's a few i guess uh uh examples of failed pre-orders so i didn't really like discuss my views on this on on twitter because i i thought well i'm probably gonna bring it in the show and i want to do one of my rants in there so if you guys would allow me I would like to express my often overly convoluted opinions about stuff. And I think there are several dimensions to this to this argument. And I think that you can wear like many hats. So for example, if you're a collector or if you are a developer or if you're just, you know, more casual gamer that doesn't collect, um, you can have like different types of views on this. So yeah, as a collector, Rob, you, you touched on that. It's a really good way to find stuff that is otherwise impossible to get. Like special editions of games are usually impossible to get on retail. So if you're a collector, pre-orders are pretty much the, the only way you can get certain items. So as a collector, I guess there's it's positive and it's more convenient than, you know, trying to find stuff, rare stuff anyway. Um, what Mighty Q-Dog was saying about sending a good or bad message to publishers. I think there is some truth to that. But in general, if if you have a game and you hype it and then it doesn't deliver, your de- reputation is going to go like down really badly. Oh, like it's, it's going to suffer left... a lot more than if you were just, you know, honest the whole time. Yeah, like No Man's Sky was probably one of those cases where yeah, it was heavily promoted and then it was heavily pre-ordered and then it didn't deliver. 
or at least didn't deliver on what because I think this is what I think I think no, no Man's Sky from what I've been like reading because I haven't played it it's not that it's a bad game it's just that it was sold as a different thing than Ex- what it yeah, actually is exactly yeah and it, some some of that will probably be uh, the, the pre-order and the hype but anyway that's some other aspect that I think there might be some truth to that and then there's the the developer side of this and and really it's or maybe developer slash retailer slash the business side of video games. And I think that in that regard, pre-orders are really positive because as a developer, you're always trying to to build interest in your product. And this is a really good way to gauge if you're doing something correctly on your on the image of the game. And I don't know if you've noticed, guys, but lately developers would actually like brag on their pre-order numbers like this is the most pre-ordered pokemon game ever and i don't know what that's supposed to mean other than people are really really interested in your product and i do pre-order but i would only pre-order on games that i know i'm gonna buy or that i have this uh, there's a good word of mouth already but for example i wouldn't order uh the new pokemon game because I haven't seen it, I don't know what it is. I wouldn't know uh, pre-order uh, Metroid Prime Four because I don't know. I don't know what it is. But also, I haven't played any of the Metroid Prime, so I'm not a fan. So for fans, a good way to express interest in saying to the, to the publisher, "Hey, I'm interested in this kind of content. Do more of it. Look, I'm really, I'm also like willing to buy it, even if you haven't showed me anything, right? Because you support a certain franchise. In the end, I think um, there's more positives than negatives. So yeah, that's my rant. Good rant, Seiji. See, and, and the thing the thing with that is that, like, you know, when there's a new Pokemon game coming out or, you know, Mario Odyssey, there's these games that you know you're going to want. Uh, there's these games that you know what to expect. Like, when a new mainstay Pokemon game comes out, you know what that's going to be. It's going to be another Pokemon game. Um, so you know what you're getting yourself into. So when you pre-order that title, you know what you're getting yourself into. And, and, and those are the, the appropriate pre-orders, I suppose, you could, you could argue. Like I, I did pre-order the new Kirby game because they show some stuff, and I like what I saw, and I pre-ordered. I don't know when it's gonna come out, but I did. Um, <laughs> but it's Kirby, so you know what you're gonna get yourself into, right? Oh, yeah. Also, Mario Odyssey pre-ordered. You know, it's like that's it's fine. You you get it. You get some discount. Uh, you don't get. You don't have to worry about pre-orders selling out. But if that's <laughs> happened. We I experienced that with amiibos that were pre-orders. <laughs> you burned out on the amiibo pre-orders. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> so. are, are we? Can we move on? We good? Anyone else has anything to say about pre-orders? Yes. Orders and kickstarters. I just want to mention that Rap Rabbit failed, and it failed hard, and that is sad. Oh, Rap Rabbit? No. <laughs> that was, was that, the one. Like the the, the it was the Oendan team, uh, which Oendan slash Guitar oh. Man plus uh, Parappa uh, Kickstarter okay, that failed. Yeah. It didn't no. make it. It didn't reach its no, goals, it or. I am sad. Are you really surprised? Yes, of course so I am. Both sad. of the beloved cult classics. Like, I understand that, that you're sad, but are you surprised? Yeah, did you not just hear the it... thing I said about the cult classic, both franchises? But but a, a cult classic doesn't mean a success on they Kickstarter. They do pretty well. You know what a cult classic means, right? Cla- a cult classic. <laughs> yeah, I am I am very surprised that it didn't didn't do better. Bring it back. Anyways, what did you have other shit you want to say, Laugh? You seem like you want to move on. So there was a new mobile game that was released. So here's the thing with mobile games. 
I never really cared too much about mobile games, especially mobile games exclusive. Like, Carol Blaster is a great mobile game, but it's not really a pure only mobile game. Um, and then Seiji has been playing Clash Royale for a long time, and then he kind of got me into it, and I've been really, really enjoying it. So I saw the other day that uh, Supercell, the fine folks who made Clash Royale and other many, many successful and popular mobile titles, released a new game. Um, it's called Brawl Stars, and this game is amazing. This is this is definitely the best mobile game I've ever played. Um, it's it's basically Overwatch for your phone. Um, it's like a it's it's a top-down shooter, um, and there's like a nine or twelve. I can't remember. I think twelve different uh, characters right now that you can pick from, and it is so much fun to play. Uh, I'm really really enjoying my time playing the game so far, and I, I've I've been kind of addicted to it. I've been hitting every challenge that they come up with so far, and um, it's a lot of, a lot of fun. Four different types of game modes right now, and I'm just and it's just a soft launch in Canada for iOS only, I believe, right now. So it's a little limited um, in its scope, but I, I'm really excited for this game to kind of blow up. I think it's going to hit the same uh, success that a lot of their other titles will, and I can see this becoming, you know, popular in in the esports community as well because it's a very competitive game, um, and there's a lot of strategy involved in it. And I'm really, really enjoying uh, my time spending playing it so far, and I just I'm really excited to see what they're going to do with it. Um, so if you're in Canada and you have an iPhone and you you like these kind of these MOBA type games, I would really recommend trying out Brawl Stars. At least give it a go. Um, I I really, really think it's probably the best mobile title I've played so far. Damn. It's really good. Tomb Raider? <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's better than Tomb Raider. Wow, that's pretty cool. Um, there's another mobile game that came out, I think, yesterday, also on Soft Launch, I believe. And it's one of the games that got uh, showcased at E3, at the Ubisoft press event. And it's uh, Phone Destroyer or South Park's Phone Destroyer, I think it's called. <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't play it. I, I played it maybe like five minutes, but it, it has like this really long like downloading phases, which is something that I hate of some mobile games that you... It's a really large file that you download from Google Play and then you install it, you launch it, and the first thing that it does is download a bunch of DLC, right? So, I mean, wh why don't they like put the initial part of the game on the local file. But anyway, um, I played a little bit of it. It seems like like a card game, like combination of like kind of like Hearthstone-y with some combat mechanics, like sort of RPG kind of based. Seems interesting. I'm gonna I'm gonna play it this week, and I'll talk about it next week. But yeah, Phone Destroyer. See, and, and the choice that you're kind of talking about with how whenever you, you install the game, then it has to download a whole bunch of files. That, that's something you see on console a lot. And, oh, yeah, definitely. But th the reason I've always imagined you don't see it so much on mobile is just because people with mobile, they're so finicky. And it's just like, oh, if this is taking too long, I'm just going to uninstall it. Um, so it seems like a really risky choice on their behalf to have, have done this. But Ubisoft doesn't have, like, I know they have some mobile games. Like, I know there's, like, Assassin's Creed mobile games. But they're all very money-grabby, not Wrong. much depth to them. But, you are uh, incorrect. Okay, go ahead. Correct me. The, Ray, the Rayman Run games are really fucking good. Oh, okay. Good. Okay, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. So they they're, they're, they do have some good ones. But I, I was I know I played a few Assassin's Creed ones that they put out, and they were very meh. Yeah, they might be. I don't know about those. Yeah, that's uh, those are all, all new things. I'm really annoyed right now because of my disconnections. Um, uh, so ARMS. I played ARMS with the uh, CC community. It was fun. Have you been into any of the multiplayer stuff, Seiji? 
yes, I played. I played last week against oh, one of my dear friends, uh, Dukes. Uh, he's he's a really good player. Like in any game that he plays, uh, he gets really really good at. So I lost a bunch, but I also like increased my skill level by a whole lot, and it became like quite competitive. I was so surprised that the game is so so deep. Like you can get into this really deep battle, super exciting. Uh, I'm super excited, super excited about this game, and I, I've been playing a lot on um, online too. Let me tell you about the lobbies for those of you who don't know, because they do they handle the lobby with a, a group of over four people very well. So as you know, I'm pretty sure the most um, you can have in one game is four players, uh, yeah. four on four or four versus. Uh, spoiler, I won't say his name. Or um, you know, there's like volleyball and shit. But if you have like six people in your in your group, your lobby, or seven people or whatever, what it does is it actually splits the players up into different types. So you might have a one, one, two, and it's randomized which characters go, which players go where. But you might have a one-on-one for one, a three-on-three, or maybe two are doing volleyball, or or four of them are going against that one boss while two of them are fighting, or a three-on-three and one, or sorry, a three versus three, three one-on-three, whatever you want to call it, uh, three-for-all of different numbers. So it's really neat. So every every round is like you're basically put into a different uh, room well, you're in the same lobby, but you're put into a different game mode with different players, depending on how many people they have, and it's it's really cool. So instead of you limiting only one, only, instead of being limited to only a, a lobby full of four people, or something along those lines, you you everybody gets to keep doing stuff and playing with each other. It's pretty cool, right? Hey Rob. Yeah. So I've been reading a lot on on this game, and and people that have played it, they they all say it's a fun game. It is fun, right? yeah. It's a fun game, it's hard. Fuck but it. I'm getting some Splatoon vibes, like early Splatoon vibes, where people are saying, yeah, it's fun, but it's not worth the $60, $70. I can see that. that hey, how do you feel about that? Well, I mean, let's be real, there's not like a, a, a shit ton of content in it. Uh, I don't know, but for a fighting game, what's the expectation for fighting games nowadays? So Mortal Kombat comes out, it's like 70 bucks, but you have like a full-on story mode, and that's all I know. I don't know what else is with it. Is there more left? You've played it. Yeah, there's a lot of DLC, uh, full-on story mode. There's uh, a, like a you earn Mortal Kombat coins playing the game, and there's a huge shop um, to unlock artwork, costumes, things of that nature. Um, well, Mortal Kombat 10, or what, I think it was 10, um, <clears throat> is probably the most uh, expansive fighting game I've ever seen. Well, what I think uh, Splatoon or sorry, uh, uh, Arms is missing is is a significant single-player mode. And that that I think it's is, is why people might be right in saying it maybe not worth like maybe it should have been like a forty dollar game which will never happen from a Nintendo first party no. game. Uh, that all being said, uh, I enjoyed the game and I think there's a lot of depth to it and I'm hoping they do a Splatoon and support it with a shit ton of DLC, but exactly or, yeah. or free 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 LC free LC yeah. Well, like and I think I think that's going to be the key to success, especially now. I feel like Nintendo is mo- focusing a lot more, especially with the, since the Wii U. Anyways, like DLC has been a bigger thing and a bigger thing, and Nintendo has been embracing that a lot more. And and yeah, I can imagine people being like, you know, Arms is fun, but it's maybe not worth the price tag right now. But give it six months, and I could imagine that that would probably be a lot more enticing that price tag. But we'll have to wait. And see um Wait, you know i like i like to have faith that nintendo will will pull this out but we'll see we'll see the reason why i brought up arms was actually surprisingly enough not to talk about arms specifically although we can keep talking about arms but what i want to mention was something that megan showed me which was the uh, conan o'brien clueless gamer with will arnett playing arms 
Uh, it's on YouTube, and it's really funny. I recommend people check it out. I like Will Arnett. It's yeah, funny. he's he's hilarious. I didn't know he was Canadian. That was news to me. Unless they he's were joking. Canadian. I did, I did not well, know Well, that's that what either. the show seemed to suggest he was Canadian. I you know what? I up. did know that. I did know oh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's Canadian. He's great. He's, he was the best Batman. I hate Batman. Uh, and as a general, but he was Lego Batman, and he was. Great. Oh, I'm like, when was he Batman? Lego Batman. I just, I mostly just know him as Job from. <laughs> yeah, well, that's Goodbye. my his best. Oh, I remember him wait, from uh, Hot Rod. Wait, wait, oh, yeah. Babe, wait, babe, babe, wait, babe, 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 wait, babe, no, babe, no, babe, no, babe. Yeah. Anyways, it's great. I, I, uh, it's a really funny segment, and they seem to have a lot of fun with ARMS. Uh, so if you like ARMS, or you don't, or you haven't played it, and you want to see two goofy people playing it, check it out. It doesn't make fun of games, so you might be able to appreciate it too, Seiji. Okay. So, Shelby. Yes. So. You haven't played the game. You don't own a Switch. I'm, I'm guessing... I have played the game. You know of, of heard about ARMS from us or otherwise. Well, I actually it. did play it, though. What do you think about it? Do you think it's worth... <laughs> Seventy dollars of your hard-earned money, probably eighty with taxes. Uh, well, I only played like two seconds of it. She played it. Yeah. She played it here with me, the, yeah. the expert who showed her the game. Um, I literally don't know what like, like what is in the game. So I don't know. Like seventy or eighty bucks seems seems you know that's new game price. Well, let me I tell you what's guess. in the game. You have Grand Prix, which is ten. You pick a character and then you fight. The other characters, including a boss, uh, last boss at the end. Uh, then How you uh, you have with? a few different modes. You have volleyball, which is you basically hit a bomb back and forth. It hits the ground. You lose a point. You have uh, basketball, where you have to use throws to throw people into a net. There is target oh. practice, so each person's on the side of a target, and you have to uh, punch the most targets down. I think there's one other mode. Well, I, w- I would say that every stage has a different sort of aesthetic like they're not different themes of the same stage but they're like different stages like they have some mechanics included in them kind of like smash brothers the stages for the fighting portions are different layouts which do bring in some variety but you're still basically fighting one-on-one to get the player's health down i just meant there's a couple other game modes that are different like the volleyball one and stuff so how uh, many uh, playable characters does it come with is it 10? I feel like it's, it's, it's around like there. 10. It's not many. It's, it's 10 plus, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, it if does, I think about that yeah. roster compared to, like, the Super Smash Brothers roster and how there's already, like, a, a shit ton more characters, I'd say no, probably can't justify that amount. That's the other thing with Smash is it's it's uh, comes with all the trophies, the massive amount of collectibles. Brawl had an amazing single-player mode for those who like cutscenes, at least. And um, I, don't, I don't remember what, what Smash use extra stuff was, but like always, though, there's like, you know, so many trophies and shit you can unlock in like the home run mode and stuff. So actually, Shelby, that's a friggin' awesome comparison to make Smash Bros versus ARMS. I never once thought Smash wasn't worth the full price. And I didn't really think that way about ARMS either, but I'm disillusioned and don't really think about that stuff. But to be realistic, <laughs> if you aren't buying like a, if you're a kid uh, or you just don't buy a bunch of games, are you going to be annoyed that I think that the gameplay of ARMS will last you, though. For, so here's an example. Actually, this is a really good comparative comparative example in some ways. Kind of. Uh, Overwatch. or So something like Overwatch, and I'm going to say Heroes of the Storm, except it's a freemium. Um, but Overwatch is a game that you pay 60 bucks for, and there is there is different game modes. But basically, you're both, most of them, it's just, you know, there's a set amount of maps and that you're going through them. And, and it's, uh, it's you're fighting the same things, the same kind of goal over and over again. Now, however, they and if Nintendo does this, then I'll take this complaint back, but... Blizzard constantly 
updates adds to the game and doesn't charge anyone for it so you know it's, it's like splatoon really so and there's a shit ton of characters in that too yes and there's way more characters so the so the con but but there's but like arms there's no single player mode really and uh, there's certainly no story. I mean, the story's told through the through the lore behind the game, but not actually. There's no like story mode, which I think people would like to get. And I think Blizzard's adding, but Splatoon was kind of bare when it first came out, and now it's massive. So it's kind of like it's kind of like the uh, the downloading thing that Sadie said earlier about how uh, you have to you get a you get a mobile game, and then you start the game, and you have to download a bunch of content to get the full game. It's kind of like Splatoon now in a way. Like you ha- would have to download a shit ton of stuff to get like the whole thing because splatoon splatoon was like half a game when it came out and now it's like a game and a half <laughs> and rant well to to add to the discussion i th- i don't think comparing any game to smash 4 is a good comparison because smash 4 is a behemoth of a game <laughs> and that's kind of true that's like kind of that true. Is, it's a really unusual game in terms of content right because just a sheer amount of fighters but also smash is it's a particular Example because it it grabs from all different sorts of IPs, right? So yeah, it does. you can pick and choose like characters that you like from the whole universe because everybody wa- wants to be in Smash. I want to um, be in Smash. It's, no, you it's probably Smash. legally harder to get those characters in Smash, whereas in Arms it's new and they could have just made more characters. Yeah, you could have had. Uh, let's think of some other. You could have could have had Rubber Band. <laughs> Character character design wire man. so You could have had a wire right? wire man like somebody who uses wire for arms. You could have had uh, oh, you could have had the loops from uh, Noroi, right, Shelby? They could have been the arms, oh, those God. loops <laughs> that they made in the movie. Yeah, you yep, could have had Kagutaba uh, man. It would have been the best loopies, thing ever. No, yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't saying that making characters is easy. I'm just saying like I don't know, it's not, but. It probably didn't have as much of a development team or time as normal games because being a new IP and stuff, I'm I'm pretty sure they kind of like had this really good idea and they, I don't want to say rush, but probably try to get into the Switch launch window as fast as possible. I think that's true. But I want to say something about the price tag because Nintendo does, does handle... At thirty, forty price point, and then uh, like a fifty, and then the high end games. So the, their high end games for this year, Odyssey and so is Tokyo, and Breath of the uh, Wild. They are in a higher price reason. point than well, right now it's a hundred dollars. Oh, I don't, I don't think that's with, the case. With, it won't. It won't. One hundred dollars price point. There's no way. So Arms could have, as it is, as it stands, Arms could have easily been yes. like in a in a lower tier price point i would agree with that instead of this mm-hmm. i think like? it's 70 right for for no, canada no. at the very least 20 dollars less as it is and i would have been happy but because they put that price point on arms i'm expecting 100 and i would be very very disappointed if they don't support this game like for at least like one or two years and i'm talking about content events new new game modes stuff like that i'm pretty sure it's going to happen it? because it's selling really really well in japan well, i think good. it was the number one seller for this week in japan over like PS4 stuff and PS4 stuff usually sells really really well because there's so many PS4s out there right so any game even if it sells like one percent of a user base it sells a bunch of games so arms was number one I was really surprised so people are responding at the very least um, in Japan to it I've been hearing good things it needs more support it needs more content sure but it's still early right it's been like a week so get out there and support your local arms should we move to our topic? Otherwise, it might be too armful to wait oh, no. uh, until then. Well, I'm uh, going to have to go soon, and we got 20 minutes for topics, so... 
Let's, Let's go. fucking do it. Up next, topic. Topic. Our, our at the last minute topic decided this morning is C- continuation from kind of. from our d- discussion last week. Almost we weren't sure where we're when we we're going to. Anyways, it's violence in video games. So to start things off, I'm going to acknowledge that there's a lot of debate behind the science of uh, you know aggression in kids and stuff based on the kind of media they take. Uh, you know, I'm not really. I was I was reading through Wikipedia and some articles today about that to see if I could inform myself. There's way too much. Uh, I don't have the time to research it and, and i'm also don't i don't really want to uh but there there doesn't seem to be a clear consensus one way or the other about the effects crime has gone down overall but you know they say that violence and aggression has gone up anyways i'm not even going to speculate there is violence in in media and it probably does have an effect but anything after this point is just my opinion and uh largely uninformed so i don't know about you guys if you guys have disclaimer if you guys have specifics you want to talk about and are informed by all means but for me these are mostly uninformed right right we good mm-hmm. all right yep. good so first question is what constitutes violence in a video game because mario jumping on a goomba's head that's pretty violent so which, like leads to, which leads us like to realistic violence cartoon violence versus fucking shelby you stole it from you see more than me yeah what? i did see more did. Me. <laughs> but you took that out so nobody's gonna get it so now you're just a villain Anyways. Oh, yeah. Yeah, cartoon versus real... I'm so mad at you, Shelby. (laughs) Cartoon versus realistic violence. How do each make you guys feel? Shelby, you jumped the gun. Why don't you go ahead first? Um, (laughs) Violence in games in general doesn't bother me because I know it's not real. (laughs) Um, What about... Well, what about two years ago when you were six? Did you know it was real then? Were you able to discern the difference? Yeah. Okay. Dude, I, when I was younger, like, and I have this thing with the, I had mentioned before, like before we started recording about the rating system, the ESRB rating system, um, and how growing up, my parents didn't particularly pay attention to it, but my parents never complained about what was in it when they found out what was in it. So you, I have a, a lot of instances where I've seen parents or I've been in game shops with parents that will buy like the new to, uh, the newest um like Grand Theft Auto for their kids and their kids like fucking 10 years old. It seems a lot uh, crazy to me. I don't know. And it's like I played Grand Theft Auto when I was a lot younger. I played freaking Conker's Bad Fur Day when I was like eight. So look what happened to you. My parents, <laughs> my parents never investigated that stuff, but like I said, they never complained. Where you have parents now that will buy these games for their kids, find out what's in it, and then, you know, get angry at the developers and the, and the publishers. Like, oh, why are you making these kinds of games? It's like, yeah, but if you were a responsible parent, you'd fucking look into what your kids are playing. Shelby, <laughs> like that, that bothers me. Like you can't blame somebody because you're choosing to be fucking ignorant. Like if you're a parent, no, you have to true. make these informed decisions about what you're going to let your kid play, watch, 
whatever. Like, I mean, honestly, anyway. it shouldn't be any difference between a movie, a book, and a video game. Except video games are interactive. That's one argument that I've seen mm-hmm. coming up from people who are afraid of video games making kids want to kill. Uh, I don't know, Hunger Games style other kids. Um, but I agree with you. Kid, people really. I mean, they have the rating system for a reason. And that's so that you can, you know, have at least an, an, an informed decision on what you think your, your child should be able to play. People and, think it's yeah. a bad system, and I don't think it is, because it will tell you what's in the game, you know. And if not, like, we have Google now. There's no fucking reason why you shouldn't be able to go on there and watch videos of what is in the game or, you know. And some if, kids if are... If you buy GTA for your fucking 10-year-old and you complain that they started acting out because of it, well, then that's your problem. <laughs> And with GTA, it's like the the name of the game is Grand Theft Auto. Like, what do you think is, is is wholesome about this game? Uh, yeah. yeah, it's um, it's oh, shit. What was gonna say? It's um, some kids are 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 going to react differently to things than other kids too. So it's not across the board thing. Mm-hmm. Some kids are more mature than other kids. Um, I can't see how one a video, how just video games or just TV or just movies or just books can be the only factor into making uh, someone go crazy. There must, there's got to be other stuff. It's got to be a collective. I, think I say got to be like I don't know, I don't know, but I mean, it seems to me mental that mental health be, I think plays a big role. I would think, in yeah, these kinds of things because I don't think it necessarily causes it, but it might like exploit it a bit more if you're. You know, maybe not in, I don't want to say it like horribly, but not in your right mind and you're playing games that are like super violent. There, there's so many, but they've done so many studies okay. and there's, if you guys go online uh, and we'll, we'll turn this a little more lighthearted, but it, if you go online, mm-hmm. you can see there's a pros and cons list. There's like study versus counter studies and you can see the effect, but this has been a thing that's been going on for many, many, many years. And um, I don't know, but, but violent crime, at least in North America has gone down by a significant number in the last 40 years and so that but i mean that's not enough that's not enough to say that that's that that games have no effect i'm sure they do but anyways i don't know but well before before we get less serious and a little more light i have two things i kind of want to bring up okay. here um so number one uh for so if you guys ever watched the show penn and teller bullshit Okay. No, but so, I love them. They're great. <laughs> yeah. So they actually do an episode on violence oh, in video they? games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Right, 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 and, right, right, right. Yeah. And so they do an experiment in that episode, and they basically have uh, a young child who's probably, you know, Shall 11, 10 years old. <laughs> um, and he's a big, like, Call of Duty player. Yeah. And they basically introduce him to a Marine who's also oh, a Call yeah. of Duty player. And then th- he fires a gun for the first time in his life. And the reaction of him shooting a gun was very profound because he, he, he fires the gun and then five minutes later bursts into tears over the fact that he just fired a gun. Um, so it was very, very real um, just kind of seeing that. So it, it certainly goes to show you that a lot of young kids who are these, you know, fairly sensitive types, you know, they're not going to become violent psychopaths because they're playing Call of Duty, because they're playing Grand Theft Auto. Um, so that, that's just one thing that, you know, it, it's, it's, it, they did it. It was kind of some sort of proof to it. So, yeah. No, number two is a little more real. Now, this is very recent in the news, and I just saw this the other day. So as, as a person myself, I've been playing violent video games and watching very violent movies my whole life, as far as I can remember. I watched, you know, John Wick Chapter 2 last night, which is a hyper-violent movie. Um, and 
earlier this week, they released this video. So I don't know if you guys were following the Philando Castile murder. Um, he was a man who was murdered. Well, not murdered. He was killed by a police officer in his own car. And they released the video of him literally being killed by the cop. And I watched the video. And as someone who, you know, I've seen a lot of violence in, in fiction. And, you know, you would think I'm desensitized to it to some degree. But I, I saw a man got killed and I cried. Um, it's very disturbing. So, you know, you can sensationalize violence in video games and movies all you want. Um, but I think everyone, well, except for the few people who, who would have some mental issues in, in regards to it, but I think, I think 90% of the population, when they see actual violence, it's much more traumatic. Uh, it's much, it hits harder to home than when you see it in a fictitious environment. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that rings true to me too. I'm um, saying kind of similar, similar background to, uh, desensitization and stuff. Like I've been watching chucky and shit since i was a kid like a little kid and you know horror movies and stuff games weren't so bad because they were you know super nintendo games but exactly but, you know, i've yeah, never but... uh, had any uh, compulsions or urges to hurt anybody or and watching that the kind of news that you see always makes my stomach unsettled uh to say the least so yeah but exactly. but i mean these are and these are to be honest these are um uh our our experiences they're very biased we can't speak for as a whole but i mean at least from my point of view, I agree. It's the same with the bullshit thing. Like that's one kid that doesn't speak to a society. Yeah. So it could still be wrong, but I don't know. I just think we've had this kind of violence theme throughout history in some form via stories or whatever. And I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't see how it can. It's definitely to me. It seems pretty clear that it cannot be blamed on one thing. Uh, yeah. I just, I just think that it's um, the majority of people have an easy time differentiating actual violence between fictional violence. And, you know, I, I just, I don't, I don't see it as a, as a problem in terms of having too much violence in video games because as, as, as a, as a major, most part people kind of rule, it probably doesn't have any negative impact on them. Probably. Uh, say, do you have anything serious to say before, or, or depressing to add to this part? Look, the, the effects of video games and people, I don't think there is ever going to be any generalized rule to it. Like, people are always going to be, I don't know, affected by their surroundings in different ways. And every everyone is different and must be analyzed on a case-by-case -case basis. So if you find, like, the one guy that killed or behave more aggressively or more violently because of what he was playing. Sure, I'm open to that idea, but then to say that, okay, so because that guy is affected in that way by this particular media, then everybody else must must have the same effects. I don't necessarily agree with that. The investigations have been going on for years. They're inconclusive. And this is part of a very different topic that is not really our spe specialty which is human psychology and human psychology is one of the those sciences that it's really early on in its history we don't understand really well a lot of the things and it's painted by all sorts of cultural influences and stuff like that so it the, it you cannot analyze human psychology in the same way you can analyze i don't know like stars or stuff that is is uh, it's not as concrete outside of of yeah outside of you know, social interactions and stuff like that. It's, it's really complex. Now, violence as a theme, as a thing that exists, is part of human nature. It, that is, I think, something that I believe. And it's necessary 
to portray it as as it, as it is necessary to portray any other type of human stuff like human interaction behavior stuff like that rage is something that is very very human i think this all came to be because of a comment i've made on how uncomfortable one particular trailer made me feel or two trailers made me feel and i don't have a problem with violence itself i have a problem with the framing of it and the intention right so for example a particular form of violence that i think we would all agree that is more on the negative side than in the positive side is like sadism that i do not agree right if violence is portrayed as a form of pleasure you know being violent and doing harm as an end i think that is generally ne negative in the same way that any other form of abuse is negative and there has been controversies about games that are about characters that enjoy you know the thrill of of sadism or games about like rape and things like that uh, which is also violence or games about all other types of of abuse like i don't agree with that i don't I, i also don't think they shouldn't exist or they should be banned but i don't agree with with that view of the world so but again i will never ever as a creator as I don't consider myself an artist, but I feel that I am immersed in art production in a way. And game development ultimately produces some form of art, so I'm involved in that. And I don't think that we as developers should be constrained by any kind of censorship. But I'm still free to, you know, to say I I don't agree with that. In 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 those particulars cases of those trailers, now Call of Duty is, uses violence as a form of, of storytelling and stuff like that, but in that particular trailer, because you're sort of like, out, I was out of context and it just was like showing, look how awesome this looks, and a way of showing it was like showing like how how realistically you know, violent it was, so it made me, I, I'm pretty sure if I'm playing the game I wouldn't feel the same thing, but I was feeling it right and the other thing that made me really uncomfortable is the is the uh, Far Cry 5 because I don't find like a lot of horror movies and stuff like that with monsters and things like that um, scary. I find them kind of silly and that's fine. But that trailer about the religious extremism, that uh, that thing I find very scary in the world because it's real, because it's on the rise, because it uh, it's something that it, you sort of interact with one way or the other so yeah so it's it's more about the framing of it it's more about the intention behind that aesthetic that i have a problem with but again if other people enjoy it that's fine but i yeah. wouldn't agree good that's old it. violence damn damn um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's hard to follow that kind of stuff um like you know i agree with the majority of what we've all said Should we try to lighten things up a little bit? Because this is a little depressing. You know what <laughs> It's I've... raining outside. We're talking about violence. It's great. You know what I know what my favorite violent video game is? Are you ready for it? What? Katamari. You are rolling... Don't you, like, crush universes? You are rolling up people. You can hear them scream and yell as you roll towards them. They get put into it, they're crushed into a ball. A ball of flesh, stone, dirt, 
rocks. You can hear them yelling, animals crying out <laughs> in pain. You start off small, rolling up garbage. You're a collector. That's great. You're helping people out, picking up garbage. But then you get your first animal, and from there it's a it's a it's a snowball effect. Quite literally, you are grabbing water, people, buildings, cars, then giant people, then bigger buildings, even bigger people, even bigger buildings, ships, bigger. Buildings, bigger people, kaiju, continents, planets, stars, the universe, all crushed into a giant ball of misery, death, and pain. I love that game. Damn. It's my favorite violent <laughs> video game. So I don't, I don't think that uh, a discussion on on violence in video games would be complete without at least bringing up the old Mortal Kombat. The new Mortal Kombat. Kinda, well, that, that's what I'm getting to. So um, uh, just like the other controversies over the the simulated blood over the punches that seem so tame nowadays. And uh, so I remember that being a big deal when I was a kid and playing the new Mortal Kombat game. I don't know if any of you guys have. Have you played it, Shelby? The new Mortal Mortal Kombat Ten or whatever it was. Uh, no, but I watched some people play it. Okay, so. The x-ray attacks oh, up, are so yeah. brutal. Like, yeah. those are the most brutal things I've seen in a video game. Um, but I have not heard anyone cry any outrage over the brutalness of these x-ray attacks. Um, so it's just it's just kind of funny how Mortal Kombat used to be, like, public enemy number one for violent video games. And now everyone's like, ah, it's Mortal Kombat. Let it, let it do what it wants to Mortal do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It it's not cool anymore. <laughs> it's not digitized people it's just uh, 3d models no one cares about them yeah. and they're quite lifeless yeah. looking Ayo. um <laughs> yeah those, i actually had that written down too the the i don't know the crew is i think it's the just seeing the x-ray part is bothers me the most seeing the bones crack yeah shit, yeah seeing the bones break and stuff <laughs> it, it it makes you kind of like shiver a bit you're just like oh jeez i i, I so. came across a site called parenting.org oh. uh and they had a list of <laughs> 10 games that you should avoid for your children i just picked a few out for fun Oh, Castlevania, yeah, Lords it. of Shadows. Well, I, it's I have, rated M probably, right? I think so. I have a quote here. So, yeah. The, the game's hero, a member of a brotherhood of holy warriors, wields a crucifix-shaped whip handle that contains a long length of chain blessed with holy water, which it uses to lacerate enemies, creating fountains of blood in the process. Players will also see topless female fantasy creatures such as fairies. So keep that in mind. Also, a, But he's using, he's using a holy whip. Yeah, well, I don't God know. didn't give that it permission good. to use that whip. I guess not. I guess Assassin's not. Creed Brotherhood is on that list. What? Dead Rising Two is on that list. And <laughs> That's so the last silly. one, I'm pretty sure this is close to number one. This one's for Shelby. Halo Reach. Shelby, you are too young to play that game, and I will not let you play that game anymore. You are, you are banned <laughs> from but that it's game. Fun. No, Shelby, it's made Man. violent. But this is the thing about that list that is so wrong. Is it's like top games you shouldn't get for your kids. It's like, well, yeah, most of them are rated M. And so for... they're not for fucking kids. Why no, would you get was... them for your fucking kids? I would. I would let my kid any day of the week play Dead Rising. M for for mostly okay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah <that's true. laughs> video games. Uh, they're fun. I think we can all agree on that. I would like to hear. Uh, I, I, I'm hoping that I can engage P2 a little bit as he's pretty much the only yeah. person I know who plays video games who has a kid. Um, so I want to know what he 
would allow his kid to play and what he would not well, allow his, kid's his kid an to infant, play. So P2. So probably nothing. No, I know, I know. But in the future, like if his kid was older, like what would he allow his kid to play and what would yeah. he not allow his Let kid to know. play? So NP- Yeah, P1 has a child. You totally That's forgot That's his first GTA, man. I did forget He has an adult <laughs> child. Well, she's not an adult, but he has like, a, like an older child. Does she even play video games? Did he let her answer us? Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so my question to you three then and myself Let's pretend for a moment that we're all cursed with the affliction of having children. The worst death of all. <laughs> what would you allow your children to play? I'll go first. I sometimes think if I managed to live, like if I found out I was having a kid and didn't, you know, go to extreme measures and uh, and, and was going to survive. Uh, if, let's just say, for example, in this fantasy world I'm making, I wanted to have a child. Um would I make them play every year through the history of games? Would I like start them off with an <laughs> NES and like, okay, next year you get a super Nintendo, work your way up, but this year you're playing just Nintendo. Would I, would I make, would I force that, you know, the, the, the history of games. So that we don't have another Shelby running around who doesn't appreciate Magnum Fox Odyssey's. <laughs> uh, but, it's, but seriously, I don't know. Uh, I probably would like, if I had like a kid under 10, I probably wouldn't want them necessarily playing like, gta or mortal Kombat, or mortal Kombat. well not the new ones at least or call of duty i don't know i probably want them to stay away from some of the online shit that uh you know when they're 10 but if they're like 12 you can play whatever you want probably i don't really care at that point if my i, I mean i'd like to have an open conversation with, with my child about like i'd want to be straight up with them and if i felt that they were mature enough to handle it then i'd let them play it uh and if they felt they were too mature then i would try to try to teach them otherwise i guess i don't know i'm not a, i'm not a parent i should not be giving parenting advice. i'm not giving parenting advice this is my my ideas of what i would do if i had a child go seiji what if you had a kid what if you built a child that you like an astro boy type of scenario what games would you allow it to play it would be in a case-by-case basis definitely i don't know what types of games are going to be available when when i have do have a child or when my if i do have a child i mean that's going to be like years from now because it needs to, because you have the child, right? Yeah. And let's say you have it today, yeah. But your game, your your child is not going to be able to like perceive the world in a cognizant way, like in five more years or something like that, right? Right. So things keep changing. Like VR was supposed to become a thing, <laughs> and that makes it a little bit more real, and uh, it does have an effect. Realism. Um, I don't know. It will be in a case by case case basis. And it would, this would apply to movies, books, and things like that. I would like to have um, some sort of idea of what my child would be exposed to. Um, I think in the past was kind of easier because games were more geared toward children. But now that the average age of the gamer, if I'm not mistaken, is like 31, <laughs> so you can see like games being made for a different kind of audience right so, i feel like if i had a yeah, kid who wanted to play a certain game i would probably play it with them and just talk to them about it like what they thought and if they if they wouldn't handle it mature enough i'd probably just say you're not ready for this and then i would take it to a different room and play the game myself and probably have fun and then taunt the child about being just, just a sec guys someone's calling me like three times okay. hey i'm left uh I, i'm gonna make my kids play total war and and dress them up as little napoleon it's going to be the best day ever. But at least those are kind of historical. Uh, all the violence in, in Napoleon. I don't care. My <laughs> child will, will be history buffs. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, sorry. You were saying about Napoleon? <laughs> <laughs> Is it yeah. my turn? Yeah, if I had started, kids? What would you do? 
Oh, um, so it's obviously it's difficult to say because I don't have right. kids, but and I feel like maybe my mentality would change if I do have kids, but I don't think I would stop them from playing anything. Um, I would probably sit down and play it with them if it was a little edgier of a game like a Grand Theft Auto or something like that. But um, I don't think I would impose much restrictions on them. But, you know, like like Rob, I would talk to them about it. I'd be like, you know, what do you think you're doing in this game? You know, why do you think it's fun? And make sure my kid's not a psychopath. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I don't think I would really impose any real restrictions on them. Especially if, if they did play Grand Theft Auto and I sat down with them and I kind of saw them play and I knew that they knew that this was just simulated, mm -hmm. then I probably wouldn't have to sit down with them while they played anymore. Now, if they were playing things online, they were talking about fucking people's mothers and stuff like that, <laughs> I would step in and I'd probably put a stop probably. to that. Mm -hmm. um, but I wouldn't care about the games they're playing. What if you came home and you saw your child playing a game like Seduce Me? Would you sit there and play the game with your child then? Because that's kind of weird. <laughs> Whatever, I've played it. Why, why would I judge what, them for what playing, playing? it? <laughs> I can't imagine sitting down like a dating sim with my kid. Be weird. <laughs> what, what does this make hey, you feel? That's what they were in. Hey, you know what? If they were into oh dating God. sims rather than ultra violent Call that's of Duty worse. games, I think that's good. I'd, I'd go for that yeah, any day. <laughs> Their notion of love would be skewed so bad. You'd have you'd have your, your if you had a, a daughter, she would be going after maybe unless she was, was gay, of course. She'd be going after kids like Sam from Seduce Me. He was a, he was abusive yeah. little little asshole. Is that what you want for your kids left? <laughs> Or your kind son going with someone like Sam? No. <clears throat> Probably not. Well, maybe. I don't know. Probably not, though. I'd say no. Shelby, maybe. you are basically a child. Can uh, you even imagine what it's like to have a kid? Someone <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess it <laughs> depends on how, how involved you want to be as a parent. Mm -hmm. If you want to be a parent that lets your kids, you know, or let video games babysit yeah. your kids, then... <laughs> Shelby's cracking down hard on parenting this episode. I am. Well, that's just because it pissed me off. Because it, it would, it gave like, you know, if I went in and bought a game, then somebody would automatically have this opinion, like, oh, she's like, you know, ten and she plays rated M games. She must be a bad one or whatever. Yeah, mostly bad. <laughs> yeah, mostly bad. But uh, yeah, uh, if you want to let games babysit your kids, don't let them play shitty games because then you're there not to, you know. To intervene in case they start thinking that this kind of shit is real. <laughs> what, game, what games would you have babysit your children? Minecraft. <laughs> there you go. Well, that that's, you can that's let a, a kid scarier. a kid would get lost in that and just fucking play that forever. Well, that's going to get from being dead to undead because your child child just becomes a zombie for Minecraft, right? Yeah, but that's Old fun. Person better joke. than <laughs> better than games. them becoming like super crazy. What if they started building death machines in Minecraft and then wanted to build them in reality? It's better than to play well, Minecraft and be like a junior cob. Yes. <laughs> Cobs kids, they play only Call of Duty and Halos <laughs> all yeah. the time. But Cobb's an asshole, so I wouldn't worry about it. I assume his kids are too. Oh yeah, they're all little little pricks. We should ask Cobb. <laughs> little, little fuckers. We yeah. should if you're, if you're listening we'll... to the show, like, what, yeah. what do you think? Let us know. Yeah, let, let Cobb, yeah. please let us in, go next week what you think about violent video games. I'm sure Cobb will come up with something to tell us. I'll get a recording from him about violent games. Perfect. That'll be fun. All right, I guess it's a good way to end the episode. Um, cool. Are we good? We're good. Yeah. That yeah, was sad, but, you know, they're, they're, you got to think sometimes, <laughs> right? I think we pulled it out. We did good. 
I think we're good. We pulled out. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> I pulled you know, it. Whatever. <laughs> we're, at the, we're, we're, we're at the tip of the uh, egg. Don't have kids. <laughs> One more thrust and we'll be done. All right, so uh, thank you all for listening. We are begrudgingly a part of the place that I don't like to talk about, Cartridge Club, uh, community oh. Of oh, what? 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 Um, combo breaker. What's up? I'm at the convention next week. Oh, yeah, no Shelby next so, week. No Shelby next week. However, uh, if anybody's listening to this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be asking people questions at the convention. So if you want to send some video game related or anime questions, whatever, and I'll, maybe I'll pick it and, you know. Talk to people at the convention a, about it. Uh, like a survey to ask ask randos at a convention. Yeah. This is a this is your opportunity to get fun. into the seedy minds of the people who go to these <laughs> places, these Shelby's. And maybe I'll maybe I'll see people there. People whose parents have failed. Club, them. But I doubt it. <laughs> you like cons that you sit your children. Hey, speaking of children, yeah. you should make sure you ask Jordan some questions for the show too. Oh my god. Because friend of the show Jordan will be there, so. I'm pretty sure at the convention they they don't let you leave your kids if they're under 13 unsupervised. How the hell do you get to go and sell them? What? <laughs> oh, it's because uh, I yeah, put on yeah. a lot of a lot of makeup and I have a fake oh. ID. <laughs> okay, so that's a fake ID. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Carson Club is a community that uh, yeah you know they they exist. You know I don't need to plug those, <laughs> those those guys. They're too big. They don't need our plugs. Plus, aren't they banned from the show? We're well, banned still, right? No, I, you guys, I mean, that's... I've banned them from the show, so I won't talk about it. Yeah. I won't talk about uh, going there. Rob thinks he banned them from the show. We won't talk show. about how great of a community is. Yeah, I, I don't... I, yeah. I won't talk about wonderful people like P1 and P2 and uh, all the great shows. <laughs> <laughs> all right, anyways, uh, Bonus Barrel on Twitter and uh, all of us are on Twitter and SoundCloud. If you're listening to us, you want to know where to find us. It's really not that difficult. Hey, leave a review. I hear that helps. <laughs> All right, well, thank you for listening. This is Rob. And Shelby. Left. And Seiji. Well, that was fun.